Ciao ragazzi, welcome to Syria Sit Down, part of the World Football Index podcast. I am not Frank Covello, I am Richard Carmen, your host. Frank is out on uh, surgery, recovering from surgery. Uh, no truth in rumors because he's been carrying me for the last four years. But I will not be doing this alone, no, 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 no. Uh, I have a, a very special guest uh, from the other side of Milan, really. He is the creator of the Inter Legends series on SemperInter.com and panelist on the Studio Inter podcast. I welcome to the show for his third cap, correct me if I'm wrong, Critty Smith. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, thank you, Richard. It is my third cap. Yes, uh, this is it, it, it's it's become I'm becoming a right, a first teamer here <laughs> soon to be. <laughs> and we're proving that it doesn't matter what side of, what side of the, the city you're from. We can all come in together and talk some Syria, right? Absolutely, black and blue, black and red doesn't matter. So uh, what what you been up to? Uh, have you been writing anything uh, lately for the uh, for the series, or what, what you got going on lately? Uh, so yeah, I've been uh, obviously talking uh, about uh, bringing the series back. Uh, currently, it sits at eighteen articles. Uh, the last one was still about um, the, the back from back in March uh, was Giuseppe Miazza. So that I kind of ended the the series. Uh, I guess you could say part one on a really big note uh, in, in in terms that the stadium is named after this gentleman. And, um, yeah, so I got some, some players, uh, we've kind of compiled a list of like, um, players like Rekoba and, um, there's a couple of more actually, not just from the, the two thousands, but some of the, some of the lesser known players that were on the La Grande Inter sides, uh, from Helena Herrera back in the 1960s. So, um, we've kind of got a, a, a list of names and we're going to, uh, narrow that down. But um, yeah, I'm looking to get the series uh, rebooted here in 2020, and uh, yeah, continue continue with that. Other than that, I'm uh, you'll find me here and there on the uh, Studio Enter podcast, uh, you know, talking about uh, hopefully some uh, three points earned during the week with Nima and the rest of the crew. All right, very good. Uh, we're going to change the format up just a little bit from when Frank is here. Uh, we're going to read through all the scores, and we get to some talking points, uh, some some things that both you and I want to be uh, discuss a little bit. So. Uh, let's get into the action. Action started hot and heavy. Uh, of the three big matchups this weekend, um, two of them were on Saturday. So to start off, there was an undercard. Uh, Cagliari hosting Milan. Milan would come up victors in Zlatan's uh, return to the starting lineup. Uh, they would win 2 nothing on the road. Uh, moving on to the Lazio-Napoli matchup, a very big matchup. Uh, many wondered what uh, Lazio would do at home. They would be winners, late winners uh, at that, that. 82nd winner by uh, Ciro Immobile with the, uh, off of an Ospina error. Uh, Lazio come away with all three points in that one. And then the nightcap, Inter hosting Atalanta, a very juicy matchup, the first-place team at the time against uh, one, arguably one of the most uh, fun teams to watch in, in European action, really, uh, in Atalanta. And this game was back and forth, but it ended up coming a draw. 1-1, uh, Martinez, Arturo Martinez scored in the fourth minute, and uh, Robin Hossen scored in the 75th minute. Uh, Handanovic probably gets man of the match for his save on the penalty at the end of the game. Uh, preserves the, the draw on that one. So 1-1 one, one in that big game. Moving on to Saturday, Udinese hosting Sassuolo. Udinese with a big victory, 3-0. Goals from Okaka, Sema, and DePaul. Uh, they win at home, 3-0 there. Fiorentina hosting Spal. Uh, Fiorentina finally break off their snide, get a win, 1-0 with a goal in the 82nd minute by Petzela off a header. 
going into Sampdoria against uh, Brescia, a relegation six-pointer. Sampdoria came out big-time winners in this one, 5-1. to one. Goals from Carol Anetti. Uh, Yankto had two goals, or actually had a goal. Quarriela had a goal, Caprari, and then Quarriela had a, a second one, a brace at the end of the game. Um, moving on to Torino, Bologna. Torino at home. They would get the winner, early winner, actually, at that. In the 11th minute, Berenguer would get the goal, uh, often assist from uh, El Gallo Balotti. And then Hellas Vernos host, hosting Genoa, uh, another mid-table clash there. Um, Hellas Vernos would come out victors 2-1, to one, uh, goals from Vere and Zaccani um, uh, for Hellas Vernos. Sanabri had a um, consolation goal in the 41st minute. Uh, not enough for Genoa, though, unfortunately. And then the uh, the big big game for the uh, Sunday night was Roma hosting Juventus. A very big game, but two big early goals by Juventus, Demorel and Ronaldo on a penalty kick. Uh, gave him a 2-0 lead, and then Perotti get a penalty himself uh, late in the game. Uh, Juve win 2-1 on the road, and then tomorrow there's a game, uh, Parma hosting Lecce. But we'll, we'll not have to worry about that. Um, Critty, looking at this weekend's matchups, uh, what stood out for you, if anything? Well, the first thing that stands out, Richard, is the fact that Cagliari haven't won in the league since December the 2nd. Yeah, what's um, up with that? They they were so hot, and now they're they're really cold all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh it, it, it's baffling to me. I mean, they did win uh, three days later in the Coppa Italia in the fourth round. And, and since then, they have not won at all. So they are now uh, a month and change without a win period and a month and over a week without a league win. So it, it, to me, and I, I was wanting to, to ask your opinion on this. Do you think that this is obviously Kyrie are not what you would consider if you want to call it a, a top six. So obviously your, your two Europa league sides and your four champions league sides, you don't think of them traditionally in that sense when you talk about city. Right. Ah, so I think right. a, all of us uh, were extremely surprised and maybe a little bit pleasantly surprised because you do. That's what makes football so great is this, the, those romantic stories uh, when the underachievers actually get some, I mean, that's why Atalanta is, uh, you know, I have nothing but but the most utmost uh, uh, respect for them because they are doing what's a lot of stuff year in year out they shouldn't be. But do you think that basically the the the, the talent and that Kadiri really that the team they really are is catching up with them? I don't know. I mean, because uh, when you looked at the moves they made in the off off season, um, the team it was a lot of good pieces moved around. We and a lot of people, including myself, and I know Frank did as well. Going into preseason, we said, okay, watch out for Kaladi because they got some good pieces that went to the sc- the club, including uh, Nyan Galan going there, uh, and they got off to a hot start. So maybe the project went ahead of schedule, and now maybe they are catching up to themselves. But I still think this is a very good team with the players they have. Because I mean. Looking at it on paper, there is some quality there as opposed to what they had in the past. They were known as a team that gave up goals left and right, and now all of a sudden they got pretty good talent from back to front now. Even even Olsen's having a resurgence of a career now um, as a, being the backup or now starter with the injury uh, to Cranio. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm hoping it's just a, a very big blip, a month-long blip, but... I mean, it doesn't look good when you go in a month without a win, right? No, I mean, and I look at you look at their roster. I mean, you know, Giovanni Simeone, he was really good uh, in his prior stop. So yeah. obviously, you know that he he can score goals. Uh, yeah, Nain Golan uh, coming from Inter, where he had a little bit too much uh, of a nightlife, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, as, as he does everywhere he's been. Uh, Ragnar Klavan, obviously coming over from Liverpool. Um, I mean, they have some pieces, Joao Pedro, but the. It, that it, it, you know, so it's not often, Richard, that you throw that many new pieces together and they click. And with Kadri, they clicked. It's like they 
they're almost in reverse. It's like you would now expect them to be kind of on the upswing because yep. you've had three or four months to get it together. They they saw, they, they seemingly ha- were playing in, in midseason form from basically the first month, and now they're sliding back. And I wonder sometimes, you know, you'll hear a lot of times um, – not to not to bring another sport into it, but like in the, in the terms of the NFL, you'll hear somebody say, "Well, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's good as rookie season, but defensive coordinators they're paid to figure these guys out in the off season. So it'll, you go through the sophomore slump. So you know, do you think that maybe uh, teams have started to figure Kyrie out? You think that they're? Uh, I mean, at the end of yeah, the day, they're that's they're very possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's just kind of funny how this has been a really really bad six weeks for them. It's not like they had. Even uh, I think they had a draw in there at some point, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that, it's been all losses. And the, obviously, the last two games have been a combined nil goal scored, six against. Yeah. So uh, I, I know one of those is against Juventus. So I guess it can be excused. But I mean, if you're a top six side, uh, truly a top six side, if you if you're representing uh, that number uh, on the pitch and, and you claim to be uh, what that number says you are. Uh, you shouldn't be losing four nil to anybody. I mean, it's it, so I, I'm just wondering if maybe if maybe they've been figured out. Maybe because they, they're one of their strengths was being at home. You know, people came to the island. It was always very difficult, but they've lost their last two home games uh, at the island. So you know, maybe people are figuring them out. You know, the beginning part of the season they were getting hot, and then uh, as you said, people started figuring some of these managers started figuring out it is one of the most tactical leagues in the world. So eventually. You know, you will be you will be found out, and you got to come up with a plan B and C. And maybe that's they're struggling to find that plan B and C at the moment. So, um, very well, here's curious. here's the here's the next here's the next three matches then for them. Two, two times, uh, Richard, they face Inter yep. in the next uh, three, the Copa, the right? Next, yeah, first one is the Copa round of sixteen. Then they play Brescia. You absolutely have to beat Brescia. They're oh, relegation yeah, side. Uh, you know, well, they're promotion side. Excuse me. They're in the current relegation zone. And then they play Inter in the league. It's a, it's one of the, it's the espresso fixture on Sunday. So for us, espresso <laughs> fixture, six thirty a.m. That is a, as an Inter supporter, I can tell you that is a match that Inter is ripe for the picking because they do not typically fare well this past decade playing those early uh, noon matchups in Italy. So uh, just to put that out there, if there is a time for Cagliari to beat Inter in the league, it would be that particular match. Well, we'll see what we'll see what they do at Coppa Italia. What kind of team shows up uh, against Inter this week? And then, uh, yeah, the game against Brescia is a must-win. I guess we'll really know uh, if Caladi is on a blip or if they come out of it with you know come out swinging uh, after that Brescia matchup. So, um, another you know another you know something that caught my eye was you know Immobile continues to score no matter what. Oh right? yeah, He's it was a fairly fantastic. good. It was a really good game between you know Napoli and, and Lazio, but. He mobile finds ways to get goals no matter what. I mean, Ospina coughed it up being an idiot doing, I don't know what the heck he was doing at the end of, uh, with the ball. And he mobile, he's like, you know, I got the ball, I'm going to shoot. And, and, you know, he ended up going off the defender and scores in, but I mean, it was going in no matter what. This guy, 20 goals um, at the at the midway point, what a, what, this is a career year for him. I mean, yeah. what more can you say about this guy? Uh, you know, I, I don't remember whether it was on Serie A sit-down or whether I was talking to uh, the lads on um, Studio Inter. I said about Ciro Immobile, I said, man, Borussia Dortmund gave up on him far too quickly. Uh, I, 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 I mean, Sevilla too, yeah. Yeah, Sevilla too, but De- Dortmund literally gave him like no, no, no rope yeah. at all. I mean, it's like here you go out here one season, you're in a foreign country, new league, 
Uh, if you don't, if you don't replace Lewandowski one for one in one season, you're out. And I mean, it was just um, the guy. He is he's so good, Richard, that he has he has made Lazio kick Napoli out of the top three and 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 re- at least for this season and replace them permanently for this season. Like oh. and Lazio, I mean, I mean to say Napoli is in the top three at this point. We'll get to them later because Napoli is is a glaring uh, uh, red flag on, on the current table. Um, so we'll talk about them and what the hell they've done this season. But uh, Lazio are. Are, are a Champions League side by a mile this season. And I Can mean, that's we, just, is it fair to call them a Scudetto contender at the moment? They're only, you know, three points or four points behind Inter and five points behind Juve. But they, and they have a game in hand, I'm seeing. Yeah, they do. They, they, they do. have 18 matches played, whereas Juve and Inter have 19 matches played. So let's go ahead and say that 19th match would be a win. Then you're talking, Richard, about being three points off of Juve and one point off of Inter. Yeah. So, so I mean, you have to say they're they're a Scudetto uh, challenging side. If you if you it's a it's a three horse race in my opinion. I really do believe the cutoff is between Lazio and Atalanta. I think um, with a striker as prolific as Chiro Immobile, he gives you a chance to win any match against any opponent on any given day. And I think Inzaghi's performance this year as manager is just ridiculous. I mean, oh, he, yeah. should be, he should be a contender for manager of the year this year. Especially, Absolutely. you know, we don't know where it's going to end. But as of right now, at the midway point, he is certainly up there with all the managers, uh, who, who you know, the best ones in the league thus far. And um, the, the the positions are really starting to separate themselves. Top three are really separating themselves from the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, there's actually now a bottom four. You know, Sampdoria is creating some separation between themselves and Lecce as well. So yeah. uh, the table is starting to come come around now. You know, we're at the midway point. I thought it would take a little bit longer for this to kind of happen, but it's. Uh, I mean, it's finally happened here at the at the midway point, the twentieth game, and um, yeah, it, we're starting to really see who's that, the middle section is going to be the tough one. Well, Sam picked up that big win this yeah, week, five one, five one, which helps obviously in goal differential because by the way. They were only uh, they they were only a few goals ahead of Lecce, and now they are six goals ahead of Lecce. Uh, so four, obviously four to the good in this last match. So if that comes down to them or Lecce, you know, in that say in that 18th spot, of course Genoa occupies that right now. But it's it's very tight. So Lecce is really the only one that is above the relegation zone that it's in danger of falling into it. Uh, Sampdoria has built a, a a nice five point cushion off of that. Uh, so this was this was a you cannot state enough how how massive a win this was for them this weekend. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. I mean, a big win. Quadrado scores two goals. I mean, it seems when he scores, they win. So he just got to find a way to get him more more goals in the back of the net. Um, Fiorentina won. They finally ended their streak where they were just abysmal for for the longest time. It seemed like months, uh, but they finally got a win. It wasn't pretty win against Loli Spal, but hey, a win is a win, right? And Petzela, uh, wonderful goal there off the set piece to get the goal, get the winner for Fiorentina. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this turns them around and starts going, getting uh, results in their favor because there's a, there's a good squad underneath there. There, there, there's there's been a good squad. For Fiorentina for for a long time, and yeah. it, there's some of the biggest underachievers in Serie A that I can remember the last five or six five or six years. Um, I'm trying to think when when was the last time that they played in the Champions League? I, I can't even remember when it was. Oh man, um, gosh, you probably got to go into the 2000s. Was it, has it been that long? I mean. I thought I thought for sure they got in in the past decade at some point, but maybe you're right. I mean, but this I know is, were, this is I know they're in Europa League for sure, but man, Champions oh yeah, yeah, Europa League for sure. But they are they're they're like um, I don't know if I would they're kind of like sleeping giants. I mean, it's 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 
there is a there's been a good squad there for for years and they just they you know what I, I noticed about Fiorentina is they they don't really get the results against the the teams that are in front of them that's the hard part beating beating the 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 Lazio's the Inter's the Juve's the Roma's uh, they seem to struggle with those I, I you know I, I don't really consider them to be a relegation team at all so this season has been a complete uh, an utter surprise and now they're starting to dig them to call their way out but i they're they're better than mid table too don't you think i mean they just yeah you know 2009 2010 was the last time they were in championship okay so wow. it's been a while wow. it's, it's been, been a, a while. decade a whole decade wow uh, i know they've been fifth or sixth quite a few times yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or or thereabouts but it's been declined um, the last several seasons, you know, and it's unfortunate. Like you said, they've had talent. Uh, they had young talent as well, but they just can't seem to put it on the pitch. And whether it's because Montella or Pioli or whomever, uh, they just can't seem to put things together for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, it remains uh, – this is obviously a lost season for them in terms of European competitions. They're not – they're obviously it, – it, it's going to be another year where they will finish mid-table. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those clubs where – you know they. You, you typically think of them if you talk of an if there is an Ita- such a thing as an Italian top six, they're always in the conversation. And you know it's a shame that they, they're not even they're not even there this year. I mean you can't obviously uh, with the results they've had and they got off to just a horrendous start back in in the early months of the season. So um, yeah, I, I I I hope like you that they can get their thing their their stuff together because it is. It, it's a shame. It's a shame seeing a team that you know has the potential for so much more just completely underachieve and 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 find themselves in in, in the bottom third. Yeah, it it, it is uh, it's very head scratching with this team. It all it has been for the last several years, and uh, hopefully there's some way they can get out of it and start getting on at least get you know get back to mid table. At least you know baby steps get there, and then eventually get back into European football. But uh, man, I don't know. They got to figure it out. Um, speaking of figuring it out, uh, big game uh, on Saturday was Inter hosting Atalanta. Mm. Um, many people I've heard, at least on, on you know your camp, the Inter, the Inter side, saying they couldn't believe how um, Atalanta dominated them as far as possession goes. And I'm like, I'm thinking, are we really that surprised though? Yes, Conte, mm-hmm. Conte likes to give possession to the other team. Right. Atalanta are very possession based team. I mean, I, I'm not too surprised by that. Uh, maybe maybe the play on the pitch and Atalanta really started to come to class, but they've been very classy this season. They've they've dominated. I mean, they came off back to back five nil wins. I mean, they're really hot at the moment. And the fact that you guys, you know, shut them down for the most part, there's something to look be happy about, right? It, it, it is, and and you have to. Uh, since we're on the topic of Inter, we can spend we can spend a few minutes with them. Since this is kind of this is kind of my thing here. Um, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, people. The fact that they have contended with Juve for 19 match days, people need to take their hat off to Conte. The fact Absolutely. that they, the fact that they did what they did in the Champions League. Yes, they finished third, but they had a really impressive win against Dortmund. They all, they should have beat them at the Westfalenstadion uh, in the second game, which would have propelled them through to the round of 16. Uh, the really, the one performance that I'm like scratching my head over was the very first one against Sparta Prague. Yeah. Um, you know the fact that they 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 improved in my opinion from this year over last in the Champions League. Uh, obviously, the year before was under Spalletti. Ant- Antonio Conte. There were so many people, uh, Richard, that were warning Mourinho back because he was a free agent. He could go anywhere he wanted after getting the sack from United. Yeah. And 
I, I mean, I love nostalgia. I, I, I love the Air Jordan 11 shoe. It's my favorite <laughs> shoe of all time. Um, you know, I, I, I love everything 90s. 90s music is the best. Uh, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, all day. Yeah, you, I, got, I got it. But sometimes things are meant to be left in the past. And, you know, I, I said, uh, I've, told, I've told Nima this. I've told many people this. I'll always be grateful for 2010, winning the treble, winning the Champions League, winning the Coppa Italia, winning the Scudetto. But at the end of the day, you have to take what Jose Mourinho has done in the past 10 years, and you've seen him, his career, slowly but surely start to find the cracks in it. Obviously, starting with Chelsea in 2015. Uh, excuse me, um, 20, yeah, 2015, he got sacked midseason. Uh, then, of course, Man United was an utter, complete and utter disaster. And now you look at Spurs, you know, they, they couldn't even sustain, you know, when, whenever you appoint a new manager, you always get that new manager boost. And I mean, Spurs literally let the air out of the bag almost as soon as he got there. They, they are performing no better under him than they did he's under got four Pochettino. four losses and he's only been there since December. Right. And the thing was, he, he actually had them performing well um, when he was sticking to his 4-2-3-1 formation. And now he's done. He switched formations. Uh, he's he's played a three five two since then. He's played a four three two one, the Christmas tree formation. He's played a th- uh, a four of maybe a four one four one. Uh, I mean, he's so now Spurs are finding out that you know there's almost like panic moves being made by Mourinho. I think Inter would be in a much worse place now than they are under Conte had they have gone with Mourinho, and it would have been a complete nostalgic hire to say yeah. oh look what he did between 2008 and 2010 man that's that's 10 and 12 years ago it, the past is the past antonio conte proved his worth when he rebuilt juventus he took a massively probably the worst italian national team in, in my lifetime in 2016 and really, really got them to perform at the European Championship. I mean, yeah. I, I should, they, they could have easily knocked Germany out. Um, it came down to penalty shootout, obviously. He, he, he got the most – he squeezed every bit of juice out of that lemon that he could get. I mean, um, and then he goes to Chelsea. Obviously, they had no European football, but he still had to win a Premier League title. Yeah, that's 38 mm-hmm. match days he had to prove himself over. He did that. Uh, I mean, th- th- people say – talk about Antonio Conte. Inter – are only in year one under him. Uh, I mean, right. I, I really, Richard, I think that the sky's the limit, and I think that he can he he's going to start to get his players. He immediately, I mean, look, he got rid of Nangolan, he got rid of Icardi, and the squad has improved tenfold. Uh, but to the question of should we be uh, should we be surprised about Atalanta? Atalanta was left for dead in the Champions League. They were getting hammered by Man City. And they came back and got into the round of 16, representing Italy in the round of 16 in the Champions League. The Undertaker, they were resurrected. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, they are the, the, I mean, like, Paul Bearer came out with his urn and (laughs) and resurrected Atalanta in the Champions League. They are now back in the top four in Serie A. So it looks like they very well could get back in. Uh, I, at one point, I said, well, hell, they'll have to win the Champions League or the, or the Europa League just to get back in because they're going to be out of contention in Italy and look at where they are now. Yeah. No one should be surprised 
that they had more possession. As you said, that plays right into Conte's plan. Conte, um, but I still believe that Conte is through either through injury or through not having had you know enough transfer windows. He's still missing a few pieces. Once he gets those pieces in place, he obviously has elevated Lautaro Martinez to. Yeah. Uh, one of the best strikers in Italy. Uh, he got the he got Lukaku to come in and replace uh, Icardi, which just worked out brilliantly. Uh, obviously, he got Sensi. You're talking. I mean, you know, th- these are these are all moves he made in one summer. So, you know, Inter is not going to win the Scudetto this year. And I hate to, to 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 break hearts and and you know be the realist in the room that which sometimes comes with being the negative person in the room. But who let Debbie Downer in here? Huh? Yeah, you know, I I, 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 I but. You know, but you can't you 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 can't um, you can't overlook what he's done because it has been so much worse for so many years for Inter since the 2010, especially the 2011 season was really yeah. the last last tour off for them. And I think what he's done in 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 one half season, Richard, is is simply remarkable. It's like I had the, before the season when he got hired, I did the manager profile on Antonio Conte. And I said, even in then, I said, look, they're going to challenge for the Scudetto this year. I don't know if they're going to win it. Right. But, you know, after, after that, look out. They're going to be at the top. Um, and he's kind of proven that right. I mean, he's done it everywhere he's gone, like you mentioned. I mean, he did it with Juve. He did it with the Azzurri. He did it with Chelsea. Now he's doing it with Inter. And like you said, that's not even his guys, really. He, he's had no. one window and wait till the January window comes. And then, you know, the summer after that, it, it's going to be a different team for sure. But you guys are ahead uh, a little, you know, a little blow this weekend because, you know, you, you drew Atalanta, a very good Atalanta. Right. And Juve did Juve things. Your resourceful Juve went in 2 not two. Oh, wait a minute. You mean that they got a penalty from Ronaldo? That's what, that's what Juve I doing think- Juve things. Well, the penalty was legit. It's Ronaldo taking penalties. I know, but I'm saying, uh, you and I, look, look, look. We know. I we know. always look, if you look on, I don't get to see every Juve match, but I it's. It, I, I swear to you, it's almost weekly that I look at the ESPN box score and I see Ronaldo and it says uh, P, P-E-N next to his name. And I'm like, of course he did. He, he, he's not even scoring uh, uh, these goals from open play. <laughs> he's getting penalty penalty kicks every every time I look. And I mean, maybe it's just me looking. I, I just seem it seems embedded in my head. But I've heard the nickname Penaldo so many times. We've and all I, heard it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just so it's it, it like you're as a Juve as a Juve supporter. I, I told you I'll stand by this. You know that you're gifted from the Serie A officials at least one penalty every every match. So you're you're, you're at least going to draw one one at the very worst. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, Juve does Juve things. They win matches. They take care of business. But when you, when you look at them though, plus 19 goal differential, they've allowed 18 goals Inter plus 24 and they've allowed a league low 16 goals, Richard. I mean, that is, yeah. think about the, 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 Swiss, the Swiss cheese defense they've had under Pioli and under uh, uh, Spalletti. And, and I mean, it, it's just. Yeah. What a what a turnaround! And and yes, I think Juve, unless Inter can go into the Allianz Stadium and pull off the Americans beating the Russians type of hockey upset back in 1980, the Miracle on Ice. I just I think that Juve just have a little bit too much squad depth and a little bit too much quality and a little bit too much of that, as you said, Juve doing Juve things that. It's going to be close. It's going to be within five points this year, I believe. But I, I think they'll they'll win with a match day in hand. So you're going to go on record and say that Juventus is going to the title this year? Yes. 
that oh. Juve, Juventus is going to win the title this year, and I think that the real match. You heard not it here, folks. Huh? So you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. You heard, yeah, yeah. I'll, and if I'm wrong, I'll if if watch it be Lazio that win. <laughs> if I'm wrong and Inter win the Scudetto, I will be the happiest wrong guy in the world. Let me assure hey, you of that. But I'm already eating crow on Lazio because I made a bet. I made stupid bets at the beginning of the season saying that Milan were going to finish higher than Lazio. And look at me now; they're like 20 points behind them. I'm gonna go buy a Casado <laughs> we'll jersey to, now. We'll get to Milan later too, man. Jeez. Oh, uh, but but no, I um no the title race. Let me ask you this to be just just shoot straight with me here. Was there ever? I know I know on paper there was, but was there ever really a title race in your mind? Yeah, yes, but um, I, in the back of my mind, kind of like we know with Bayern, right? The king is always there right. in the background, right. lurking. And unless they're way out of the picture, like twenty points behind, you know they're going to come back. We've seen this at Juventus many times before, where they're being down either to Napoli or whomever, and then get this resurgence in the second half or now, uh, and then get the lead back and never look back. You know, and so I'm kind of you always have that in your back of your mind that Juve is Juve is going to win the title unless someone can prove them wrong. Juve are going pace for pace with them. Lazio is just a step behind them. So you're like, okay. It could be a race, you know, and it's a Saris first season, but it's Juventus, you know, until until they prove us wrong, how can you really go against Juventus? Right. But the thing is, if if you if Inter had built the lead that Napoli had, what was it, the 2015-16 season, I believe, right. Juve I believe Juve so. started off terribly. They lost like four matches in the first like 6 weeks. And then they won like 19 in a row or something like that. I, I forget what it yeah, was. Um, yeah. It was incredible. They won the league like by 10 points. They yeah. started off like 12 behind or something like that. Unless, unless Inter had a Liverpool lead like Liverpool has over City right now, then I would say Inter has a really good shot because I don't think they're going to botch that many, ma- that many matches between right. now and, and May. But, th- but you, the thing is, Juve have a decade almost of mental advantages over everyone. They, 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 they take care of business and they know how to take care of business and enters just now relearning that. So you knew if there was going to be a team and, and you just said it yourself, drawing one, one with Atalanta is not their top four side. They're going to the sixth round of 16, the champions league enters not at home. Not. Less. At home huh? less. Yeah. I mean, look, they're, they, they are, they, Gasparini has built uh, a, a little, kind of a mini dynasty there in, in a way. I mean, they've been, they've been on the up and up for, for the last four or five years in Serie A. Yeah. So this is yeah. not, this isn't like Inter went 1-1 with Genoa, okay? Like, that's not what happened here. But Juve will beat Atalanta 2-1 when they have to. And it, exactly. that, that's, the di- that's the difference, Richard. There's, there's, Resourcefulness. Exactly. And that's why, in my mind, and I think, I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Nima and I discussed this on Studio Inter. It's like, you can have, you can be positive, but at the same time, you have to be realistic. Was there ever really a title race, and that you brought Bayern into it? Gladbach knew in week match day ten they're not going to win the German title. They're just not. Maybe Leipzig, Leipzig maybe could, but you know that Bayern are going to finish ahead of Gladbach on the thirty fourth match day. That yeah. so that was never going to happen. Um, I just right now uh, I don't see a Leipzig in Italy that can go ahead and 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 Juve doesn't have Bayern's problems domestically. That's the other issue. 
yeah. is that Bayern are, are different. That's a different story for a different day. But uh, <laughs> Juve is not, you, you know, Juve does, does not show the cracks in the armor, as you said. It, yeah, it's Saudi's first season, but I see everything business as usual with them. And they're only going to get stronger second half. As they're getting used to each other, as Saudi's going to learn this team better in the second half, they're going to only going to get better. So Yeah. Well, you get you talked a little bit about reminiscing with former managers Mourinho and why you wouldn't want him to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's shift over to Ancelotti because I kind of was in the same boat, and, and a lot of Milanisti were saying, "Hey, we should go for Ancelotti in the off season." Blah 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 blah. When he was available, um, and I'm thinking, you know, look, and kind of similar reasons to you, but also in different reasons because I don't want to taint what he's done because what he did before when he was in Milan, beautiful things. Great things, Champions League, all that great stuff. Absolutely. I'm like, I don't want him to come back because there's no way he's going to live up to that. If he does, it, I mean, that'd be a miracle in itself. It's not you, Pankis, right? So I'm not going to, you know, put all my cards and say he's going to bring us back to glory where it was. No, I, I don't believe in that because I, I don't want to taint what he's done. He, what he's done is great. Let's move on from there. Let's find somebody else. Richard, and, though, look at look at the names on the back of the shirts when well, he was there too. the first time. So let's yeah. let, you have to compare rosters, do you not? I try not to. What's, well, what's Ancelotti going to do with the current roster? The same thing everybody else is doing. The same thing Pioli is doing. <laughs> right. Like Ibrahimovic. I, I, well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but but um, speaking of nostalgia, speaking of, of massive nostalgia. That's good nostalgia. Um, so <laughs> Milan, uh, let's see. I, I, I agree not bringing back Carlo Ancelotti. However, if you're talking about the ultimate mid-card manager, if you're talking about the guy that never gets past the Intercontinental Championship, never ever is going to be, win a world title, you're talking about Pioli. And, oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mid-table, mean, mid-table manager. Absolutely. I, I he mean, stabilizes ships is what I – the reason I did like him getting hired is because he would stabilize the team because the team was a disaster and he kind of stable or he's trying to stabilize it. He hasn't done it yet, but he's trying to stabilize it. And I knew that he would do that right. as a mid-table manager. Um, but he you kinda, have to oh, hire some – with some kind of future in in sight, don't you? But who was available? I mean, at the time, really. I, I mean, you, you could have been I, better off get, keeping Gattuso, but I don't know. So I mean, he did I, good things. I I, I, I I thought I thought Milan at least had uh, Milanisti with Gattuso. That was. I don't want to say he was. I guess turning things around. Yes, it was. Yeah. It wasn't like he was turning them around back to what they used to be. Um, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. But uh, there were improvements. There were. There yeah, were. They're in European could, spots. <laughs> right. They were in the top six, and now they find themselves. I cannot even believe that I'm saying this. They're ten. They're in tenth place, and they are. They're twenty three points off of the top spot. I, yeah, I mean, that is. In my lifetime, I never imagined that I would see a Milan that but was... oddly enough, with that big number that you just talked about, they're only four points off a European spot, which is crazy. They're that much far off the top spot, but they're only four points off of six points. Well, you know, Gab Marcotti still has you going into the Champions League, so he must know something that I don't know. He, he came on Studio Enter and said, you know, we asked him outright, you know, who's your top four? And he said, I got Milan going to the Champions League. Now, let, he may Milan, be inter Milan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he must no, 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 he called us Inter, and he called you yeah. Milan. So there was no, there was no, just, just, there was no uh, 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 mis- misunderstanding things. But so Milan's last Champions League season was 2013-14. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Yes. So six six years now we're going on. I I just don't see um, 
Atalanta dropping off, and I don't see Roma Lazio. dropping off. No, nope. So Milan is 10 points back of those two teams for the final Champions League spot. I, I just I can't see And Atalanta just up. beat Milan 5 nothing not too long ago, so... Right. So you were talking about their four points off of the European spot, uh, the uh, Europa League. Europa spot. League spot, yes. The, the last one, the sixth <laughs> spot. <laughs> but but the, the, I guess the question goes to you then. It, it, the expectation that the, 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 the season goal has now become get to the Europa League, where 10 years ago the goal was win the Champions League. The, how, how far have we fallen yes. here? The goal at the beginning of the season was get into Champions League. Now it's just get any European spot and, and get out of mid-table because they're a mid-table club at the moment. And no ifs, ands, or buts. The table says it loud and clear right there, 10th spot. They're right in the middle of the table. And we've dropped off big time, absolutely. And the last time we were any kind of, of any kind of relevance, we had a, uh, a, a Swedish talisman who is now back in the fold who we're trying to put all our cards in the deck and say, hey, take us to the promised land. I don't know if that's a – he's a short-term answer maybe, but – um, I don't know beyond this season. What do you think that that? What do you think that move was truly about? Do you, do you think it was to, to just to, to to generate interest in the club to maybe sell some tickets or sell some shirts? But uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of that. But it's I think also part Zlatan want to be back. He he, he always say he want to be back in Italy, and he's made no made no qualms about it, that. You know, Milan is one of his best, favorite teams that he's ever played with played for. Um, so it's part of part of that, but also. Milan were struggling to score goals. You know, Piantic wasn't. You know, and Piantic is getting a lot of stick for not scoring goals, but he wasn't getting service. I mean, Sousa's done jack squat. Right. Chalanolu hasn't done much. Uh, so then they they're hoping that maybe at least uh, Zlatan can hold the ball up, which that's about what he can do right now, and he can be you know be a poacher in the net or in front of the net. Um, so I, I guess they're just hoping that it would just re- reinvigorate the squad a little bit and um, bring a little life to them that maybe they can kickstart their their season. I think the the thing that moved that changed the last game why they won against Cagliari is I think because they put Suzo on the bench and and started Casillejo that was a big difference right there. So, I mean that was an immediate impact for me. Not Zlatan doing his thing. I mean Leal was a great insertion as well. Um, Teo Hernandez has been a, a phenomenal player this year for them as well as you know uh, Romagnoli has been decent and 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 Donnarumma. But I think putting Suzo on the bench now if they can if Pioli can watch that and say look okay. We did so much better without Suzu there. Let's try this a couple more games. And then if the team really starts to kick off, you're like, boom, there's your cancer. So it's, it's just amazing to me to, to think about the fact that uh, you, you had to get you, the, 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 the main talking point in the month of December was bringing back a 39-year-old striker who last played with the LA Galaxy and <laughs> what the Europeans, I don't think, I don't care how good American soccer gets; they will never consider the MLS on par right. yeah. with, with any of, with certainly not their top leagues, much less even like the Russian league or the, the Dutch <laughs> league. Yeah. Um, obviously, Zlatan can dominate the United States, but you know, coming back at thirty nine, and, and he's obviously he can still score. But can you imagine that Ancelotti side in like two thousand seven? That won the Champions League, saying, "Yeah, let's bring back a 39-year-old striker to Never. to help us out." I mean, it's 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 just that move to me. It, it speaks volumes uh, about yeah. um, where the state of the club currently is. It was an elite team back then, and now, like you said, like we were saying, it's a mid-table team. It's different mentalities now. It's there's the ownerships in flux. I mean, nothing is going well at the moment for the club, and so. 
They're just clinging to the to the, the old ways. But they spent that to... money, Richard. They spent that two hundred million dollars summer oh. a couple summers back, and oh. uh, I, I never thought I would say this, but I would say to Hakan Tonaluru, if you would have stayed at Leverkusen, you'd be playing for a more prestigious team right now <laughs> than you are in Italy, where you thought you were making the move to European royalty. Yeah. You, much like Megan and Harry, are getting, <laughs> getting bringing in the royals. You're, you're you're getting thrown out of royalty. So I mean, it's like uh, I understand. The, the funny thing is, even back then. So we're talking that was the summer of 2016, I believe. I think Milan were only two years removed from their last Champions League appearance, so they still had clout. There was still a name, and when Milan came calling four years ago, and you're you know, Hakan Chanalulu, and you're playing for Leverkusen, you go. But now, at some point, what kind of players are going to be interested in moving there on a transfer when you're, you're, you're seeing, okay, I'm behind Parma, I'm behind Hellas Verona, I'm behind Torino, I'm behind... Uh, the two Roma t- sides are both well far ahead of, of I, Milan. I think there's one thing. You, you still got a little bit of the the past, you know, a little bit, oh, they got all these titles, blah, blah, blah. But I think if they can, if they, you know, the big rumor now is, you know, ownership change, Elliot's going to sell the club. If that happened and they saw that there was influx of money, maybe that would bring people in because they would get paid. But that's, uh, before it used to be like, oh, just a name on the on the crest would bring people in alone. Um, now that's not the case. It's money's going to be the only thing that talks. It's going to be like we're going to be like a a low level uh, Premier League squad where you have a lot of money and say, "Hey, come play with me. I pay you a lot of money." Well, and here's the thing: you don't want to do that. Do, what is what is uh, Paolo Maldini's current role with the club? Uh, so he's so I think technical director is Boban. I think he's charge of player development. I can't remember exactly. I have to look it up. I can't remember exactly who who has what now because they kind of like. Paolo Maldini had like all the roles, and then kind of him and Boban now split it up. Um, so I think player development maybe is Maldini, and technical director is Boban. But I, they're they're pretty much interchangeable, I think. It's, I mean, he's you, so you have all these. You know, obviously they hired was we just said Gutuzo to be manager a couple of years back. They even then they were still living on those past you know they, they they've obviously brought these these big names back into the club that were iconic players for them obviously on the pitch i mean no one's going to deny that i mean um milan with the exception of the last five years in my lifetime has been a european superpower i mean uh, and, and it's just it's it's amazing to me to see how far they've fallen in only such a short time and i guess that's what mismanagement and silvia berlusconi can do to you yep uh, okay, so I'm looking at this now. Maldini is actually the technical director. Boban is actually the chief football officer at AC okay. Milan. But yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, it's you know maybe they're trying to hit, you know see they saw what Inter was doing and what Juve Juve you know had Nedved who really kind of built that team. Now they got you know Inter has um, Zanetti in the Zanetti, field as well. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe they're like, okay, we bring back Maldini at least you know brings back the the luster and all the fans who you know who grew up on that team. And then you know maybe he can resurrect the club. It's a little bit of that. I'm hoping that he you know can get it turned around. But um, so much this team just so unstable from top to bottom. It's going to be it's a hard it's a hard you know hard project to fix. It's not a, an overnight success. If he had come on like say at the end of like 2007 2008 or whenever he retired 2009, okay that's different. The team was still had a lot of good players there. We're just a little bit aged. You could fix that, but we've come way way away from that point. <laughs> I I. I- totally agree uh and another team that has 
we'll, we'll, we'll go to them uh, next. They've Not only believe. they've only had the fall this season after you know I would consider um, about at least half a decade of of, of contending for Scudetti. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. They, you know, but but let's talk. Where 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 do Napoli find themselves right now in your mind entering into the new decade? My goodness, it is a complete. It's almost. It's complete opposite where they've been the last couple of years, right? Oh, yeah. Just there's so much turmoil on the pitch in the back room with the players, the management, the ownership. Um, no one seems to be on the same page, and I can only see bad things ending in this. I see like a mass exodus coming come the summertime, if not a little bit in January. Um, and, and you hate to see it because you're going to see you know the, one of the best defenders in the world, Koulibaly, go somewhere else. You're going to see Insigne go somewhere. Uh, Mertens is probably going to leave. He's as Mertens, well. yeah. You, need to go, you got. Uh, I mean. But they they've oh, had Ron probably so they've had so, so many of the same players too. If you add throw in Milik in there, they've had uh, a lot of the same players. They've had a uh, very little turnover the past uh, five or six years. They've added a lot of good pieces. But then it was weird to me, Richard. I don't know how you feel about this because uh, I don't think we've talked about Napoli since the last time I was on the show here. They qualified for the round of sixteen, and then they sack Ancelotti. Uh, yeah. So what, what, that was such question to me. I, I'm 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 still kind of left speechless because I'm I'm sitting there thinking, well, I guess if you if you get relegated down to the Europa League, I guess you have kind of an argument saying, look, you know, we have higher aspirations than this. But he actually got you into the next round of of, of the top tier European football, and yes, the league is not going quite like you expected it or like it has the last five or six years under uh, Maurizio Sarri. But uh, Ancelotti, I don't believe. I don't think he would have dropped them down to 11th. I think he would have stayed somewhere in the top eight and probably eventually gotten back into the top six. And granted, that's not where they want to finish, but that's that's Europe at least. And speaking of Milan being only four points off, Napoli still only five points off of Cagliari for number six. I just, yeah. I'm just the timing of sacking Ancelotti and... I didn't like it. Like, How, yeah, a lot of people in the in the Napoli side they they said it was it was the right thing to do just because the team was not responding to him anymore, and so they had to do something. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it was him that had to go. And I mean, I knew this when they hired him that he's always he's he is a tournament manager. He is not a season champion uh, manager. Right. So he's not going to get you the titles in the league. Yeah, occasionally he will when he got those big clubs that he was at. But for the most part, he's known for this tournament. The way he does his pedigree in the tournaments, and so. I knew that. I mean, even though I picked them to win the Scudetto under Ancelotti, still, you knew that they'd be better off in the tournaments and with him than they would be in the league. So I don't know why is it that big of a surprise that they had a drop-off. I mean, they were so good. They were one of the best teams to watch in Europe for the last how many years? Four years? At least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They played and beautiful then, football. They, um, they're I mean, snake-bitten, I think. I think they're still, they still possess the ball. They still got create chances. They just can't put it in the net anymore. Are they it's, the last? Uh, aren't they the last side to beat Liverpool? Or am I? I mean, it's been yeah, a while. They're the only, only team to beat Liverpool this year, right? So, and that was obviously under Ancelotti. Yes, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of baffled. His tenure at Bayern was confusing to me too. I mean, because they would have still won the Bundesliga. I don't know why they sacked him. I guess they yeah. weren't. Win- I guess they weren't winning it by twenty points in October. And the same shit there. He lost the locker room there, and they they got rid of him. They had, but they had more senior superstars on their team that they were calling the shots. It's different from from what they have in Napoli. So, but still, it's still backroom shit that that really caused chaos, and he lost his job ultimately. Right, uh, and so his his last 
his last two stops are just, but, but the, 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 the Napoli thing just really baffled me because you, you, you know, they were pretty, they were in Liverpool's group. Um, it was a very good chance that they were not going to make it to, to the, to the round of 16. They ended up making it. Um, they, they, they pulled, they, they, they pulled some clutch performances out, uh, over the past, th- um, the last three match days, got to the round of 16 and then they wait for him to succeed in that, uh, uh achievement. And then they sack him. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, he's doing okay to Everton now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, nice, nice one nil win over Brighton over the weekend. I'll, I'll That's say that. Right. <laughs> um, so here's a question for you: Who's, in your opinion, in the past five years? Because we, because that's where really the unsuccessful tenures have really started to happen. You've seen these two yeah. legendary icons of European football management up until 2015, really with almost no failures. And now the last five years, you've seen both of them get sacked numerous times. You've seen them uh, uh, lose locker rooms. Who, in your opinion, has taken the biggest hit on their prestige? Is it Carlo Ancelotti or Jose Mourinho? Man, that's a tough one. I I think Mourinho just slightly. Um, Okay, why is that? He seems to... (laughs) With the because he he's always fighting with the media he's always uh, <laughs> but that's kind of the so, charm of him isn't it <laughs> it is no no I love it I lo- I love what he talks it just it's just great to hear because uh, he he you know he he said some comment the other day about like uh, he made some comment against the Southampton uh, management team he goes yeah I was talking to an idiot I said, I said I was being an idiot but I was talking to an idiot or something to that effect so I love when he talks um, and the stories he tells about Balotelli back in the day and intern and that stuff it's great stuff but I think he causes too much chaos he's like, he's almost looking for a fight. Everywhere he goes, whether either it's the media, his team, ownership, whatever. And Chelsea's not really doing that. It's just both guys seem to lose locker rooms in different ways. But the way Mourinho does it, even though we do like the little bit of a charm that he has to it, it causes more chaos. I mean, he went back to Chelsea for nostalgia, didn't get that, failed there. With United, failed there. Um, now he's at the Spurs, he's failing there. Um, I mean... He's failing a little bit more than Ancelotti. They're both. It's both difficult for both of them because they were so good, so held in such high regard, upper echelon managers, and now they're kind of being pegged back after these last couple of gigs. I don't know. So I, I'd say this is slightly Mourinho over. When we, over, um, yeah, when we when we started talking about him with the Inter segment a little while ago, we said that he does better when he has a team that's built to win today. Yeah, I thought him going to Bayern would have been brilliant. Because yeah. they, they, they are built to win today. Um, it was a rumor that he was learning German and all that. So it, there was right. I, I, I think uh, I think I think you and I actually had a, had, a, had a discussion yeah. about this yeah. on, on a former show, a previous show. So um, it just uh, that makes the Ancelotti to Everton move even more head scratching to me because I'm like, again. Ancelotti That's a big won. drop off from teams that he was managing. Sure, he was managing Real Madrid. He was managing AC Milan in their, I, I mean, part of their glory days, the three decades of dominance that they had there. Yeah. For um, I uh, just am baffled. I mean, Everton. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Everton's, uh, Everton's got a great history, but they're below Napoli. You oh know? hell yeah! It's a oh, big drop yeah. off. No yeah, disrespect yeah. to Everton. I mean, Napoli. At least in the last ten years, Napoli is a much better club than Everton, and that's a big drop off. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know now. You know, looking at the current situation, Gattuso. Gattuso is also a scratching head scratching hire for me. I get why they hired him, 
but I don't know if he's going to get them where they want. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he can right that ship as well, and they can maybe get get a European spot back. I mean, they just need to get something to break their way. I think. I think no. Napoli, if they can start scoring goals, they'll be fine. But yeah, Napoli, it's mental. You know, the Napoli were the side the last five years that you did not. They they beat. I remember that one nil, that great match. Uh, what was it year before last when they beat Juve? And I think for I think they pulled to within one point of them with like two match days to go, and that just took so much energy out of them. And they ended up they ended up losing uh, losing the Scudetto by like four points, I think, something around that. But they, they, I mean, they just they were the one team that you believed could beat Juventus in Italy two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Like, okay, they have the squad, they have the management, they can they can they can do it, and they did do it. Uh, they 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 punch Juve in the mouth uh, uh, quite a few times, but. The one thing about Napoli, Richard, that they that has fallen apart this year, they beat all of the teams below them. You knew that they were going to beat teams like Udinese, Bologna, Fiorentina, Sassuolo. Those that, that was guaranteed three points. And it was, I believe, I'm referencing the season I'm referencing where they beat Juve one nil. Uh, was the 15, year? 16, I think. No, I think I'm thinking I'm talking about seventeen. 18, I believe, mm, is the season. Okay. They were one of those years, they were doing what Inter's doing right now and literally going win for win with Juventus yep. the entire season. And they were they were back, they were down, they finally gave up the lead, got down by four points, beat Juve head to head, got to within one, and then kind of collapsed the last two or three weeks and ended up losing the, the, the league title by like, you know, four or five points or whatnot. Um, but it's it, it's amazing now that they're losing against all these lower sides and with the same roster, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you think has a better, which, which of these two teams, Milan or Napoli, both of them see European football this year. None of them do, or one of them does. And you have to tell me which one, which, which option are you going to give me on this? Oh man, I think only one is going to get it because I don't think Atalanta, Roma are going to slip up that much. Galeri, maybe they are right now. I think one of them is going to get a European spot, a Europa League spot. Uh, my heart says Milan, but I think the pieces are there for Napoli. If they can start getting some goals in the back of the net, they're going to, they can do it. Um, as I much would, as I like what Milan's doing, at least today <laughs> or yesterday, uh, I think Napoli are in better position to make Europa League spot than Milan are. So the over-under, I, I heard a lot of people say, people were trying to predict how many goals Zlatan was going to score. So, do you is your over under for the rest of the season ten? Are you going over under that that number? Under ten, I say five to ten. Under so we have he's already got one. Yeah, and we have half the season left to go. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I think it's gonna be close. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. But I, I'm I'm gonna say twelve. I'll be conservative at this point, this 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 one time. <laughs> I usually overestimate. I'm going to underestimate this. There's time. one thing, though, that Zlatan brings back that Milan has not had, and that's the, that's the attitude and the swagger. Yes, absolutely. After that goal, you see the swagger's back, and I think that's what the team needs. They need that. They, they need, And that's why I say they, that... The, they're a the, team of youngsters. They yes. need a veteran who, who's been there, who knows, who has the swagger, and get the other guys going. I mean, because they got some good talent. They got some good youngsters that just... I mean, Leao needs a little spark, a little wisdom towards his way. Teo Hernandez and some of these other guys. Um, that's probably the best part that he brings to the, to the team. So I do not think 
I do not agree with Gab Marcotti that they they are they are Milan will not sniff Champions League football this season. But I, I do believe so. that they will get the six. They will get the number six spot. They will get in the Europa League. And I think it's going to be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Believe it or not, thirty nine year old Capricornieri <laughs> for the, for the half season. Okay, for the half season, he'll get the half the, the half the boot. He'll get half the boot. Um, oh. uh, I, I'm just that's honestly, and and what I was going with the question earlier about you know, do you think it's jersey sales or do you think it's you know to spark some interest? I believe in my heart of hearts they brought him back because he is a throwback to a different time when Milan were winning, when Milan were were European royalty, and he throughout all of his stops, whether it was PSG, whether it was United, whether it was Galaxy, he never stopped being Zlatan. Exactly. And and he he is going to bring that um that that 2007 type of Champions League swagger despite the fact he wasn't on that team but you get my point. He's yes. he's going to bring that hey, I'm a winner. I've I've been to World Cups. I've scored great goals on three different continents. Yada yada yada. Um he's going to bring that back to the club and and as you said I think they desperately need that and that that could be that could be the 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 flint that sparks the fire that that gets Milan going. Let's let's uh at least for my sake let's hope. Um before we get out of here yeah. um Immobile is on 20 goals at the midway point. Uh, Unbelievable. He's six, six ahead of Lukaku and Ronaldo. The record in Serie A is 36 by Gonzalo Higuaín. Yep. Does he break the record? Half a season to go, 19 to go. He's got 20 and 19. And I honestly thought that Higuain record would stand for, for decades. I, I really Ronaldo did. I broke it last year, but that's not going to happen. Uh, who's, oh, that didn't happen. Who, who did who, who did Higuain pass for that? I want to say Luca Tony. Luca Tony, maybe? right? Yeah, 31, I think. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought Luca, Luca Tony. Um, was that pre-Bayern Luca Tony or post-Bayern Luca Tony? That was post, I think. I think it was post because was, was, people were like, whoa, where did that come from? Okay. I, 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 think, I think Immobile gets 38. Okay. I think yeah, Immobile I think, gets 38. I think, I uh, hope he gets it. I love to see. I just want to see. I like seeing records. And um, yeah, that'd be good to see for the league. And uh, if he gets the golden boot too, to boot, it's going to be hard against Lewandowski. But at the moment, he's ahead of him. So. Uh, Do you yeah. think, speaking of Immobile, also real quick, uh, because I, I actually genuinely like the guy. I'm so happy that he has found a home at Lazio, and 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 he's yeah. obviously home in, in Serie A, which is where where he was, you know, prolific goal scorer before the whole Bundesliga move and all that. Does is is this the summer? Because I would not only like to see him do well in the league, but I would love to see him do well with the Azzurri. Do you think this is finally the 2020 European Championships? Do you think this is where he finally gets the monkey off his back and 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 becomes the the goal scoring threat for the national team that so many have have hoped him to be for for so many years now? I hope he does because I mean I would love to see you know you just thinking about Belotti and Immobile out there together. Obviously they can't do it together because they're pretty much the same player, right? Uh, but I hope you know if if, if Immobile is one starting, I hope he's one to breaks through because uh, they're they're longing for a good goal scorer. They got they got all the pieces around them. They got a really stellar midfield. They just need a striker who's going to put the goals in back in it. And I'm hoping that he can be that guy. But they just got to find they got to play him the same way Lazio played them, and I think they'll be okay. That's going to be the question: Will they do that? 
Uh, that'll be to be determined, but I hope so. I got my fingers crossed that he will be uh, get that continue that goal scoring form into the European Championships. Yeah, that's been the one knock on him. I mean, the the, the yep. one the, yep. it's 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 his international his international duty has just been. Um, I I don't want to say it's a I hate to use the word failure, but it's certainly been subpar, and it's been under what he probably expects of himself, and certainly what the the Italians have expected of him. So yep. it would be really nice to kind of see the the success story come full circle and and not only did he get his 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 swagger back in the league and and you know win a Coppa Cunningham which it looks like he's going to do running away but possibly even break Higuain's all-time record for a single season if he can do it this summer uh in the European Championship that would I I just be a really great kind of fairy tale story for the guy 100 percent I agree I uh, wanted to get us out of here in the hour mark. It is at the hour mark. So I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up, Critty. Um, before we get on out, uh, tell our, our our listeners, yeah, listeners, I'll say our callers, our listeners, uh, where they can find you on social media. Yeah, uh, I'm on, uh, uh, obviously on Twitter, at Critty Smith. That's at C-R-I-T-T-Y-S-M-I-T-H. And uh, I'm on Instagram. I think it's the same handle. I'm not sure. I'm only, i I really only post like uh personal <laughs> stuff on there so um but yeah uh on twitter at Curdy smith and obviously um i'm to be found on the studio inter podcast with good buddies nima and um yeah um gonna try and get this uh the 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 um we're gonna be talking more inter legends this spring and see about getting the uh, uh some some of the lesser known players that really you know kind of the dennis rodman's the 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 the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the players that weren't you know not 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 Michael and Scotty but those players that really um, maybe some some even even some interesti that don't know too well uh, from those from those glory years uh, so it's going to require a lot of research and digging it the the, the 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 first eighteen articles are all players that all interesti should know so um, so definitely go give those a read and uh, we're going to get back on it and 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 talk about the interlegends it, it's um, some of these are it, it, it's amazing to go back and research the stuff because you're most a lot of the the articles you research and the players you research it talks about the great milan battles from back in the day and how much oh, that yeah. that rivalry meant and how it was just it it was the the, the crown jewel of european football for so, for so long i mean it was just every every bit as big as barca and madrid uh and it's just it, it you know you want to see a strong milan and a strong inter because that means a lot to Italian football, to calcio. And so uh, it, I don't want to see Milan win any Scudetto, but I do want to see them back in the top four. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the plan for the next couple, next few months. So we got, um, uh, as I said, a, a, a new interisti coming into the family in April. And um, so I'm going to I'm going to train her her right and she's going to know wonderful. what colors to wear. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I was going to say I don't want I, I wouldn't want to see Inter win, but they're already choking. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Just they, kidding. <laughs> they were choking on match day one. What are you talking about? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Well, thank you, Critty. Uh, I know Frank would have loved to been on here to to talk to chat with you, but um, hey, uh, I'm I'm more than happy to have you on here with me, so you and I can talk some uh, couches, some stuff that you know both of us want to really talk about. So yeah, um, a little different episode, but hey, I'm sure people will love it. Um, Frank is uh, again. Well, should be back next week. 
I don't know if I'll be back because I think it's my anniversary. I know it's my anniversary. But I, don't, <laughs> I think I you better be know. Here. Better I do know that. it's my anniversary. Um, yeah, but I won't be on. So someone will be in my place. Uh, but make sure you follow Frank at FTC underscore 21. He will be back with a guest as well. You can find me everywhere on social media at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, thank you again for listening. We're part of the World Football Index. Uh, make sure you tell your paisans about us. And ciao. Ciao.